developments have had as great an impact on our lives as these two idiots. Thought tells me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. This is episode 158 for the week of October 11th. And my name is Adam. And my name is Nathan. Uh, And if you hear us getting a little choked up over here, it's because we're going to go back. uh, Back to one of the very first episodes of Line of Sight. Uh, the seventh episode actually released October 29th, 2019. Movies that make us cry. <clears throat> We're going to do a part two of uh, some some movies that uh, they made it be less so than the, the, the first batch because those were obviously things that uh, we're familiar and we're passionate about, but I've been keeping a list of things as they come up, <clears throat> as I watch them, as I think of them. I think actually these are probably all things I've watched since that I've uh, I've made a list of. But why not? Let's uh, let's get those tear jerking recommendations out there. For sure, uh, my list is not so good, or not so yeah. Not as uh, recent or anything like that, but uh, there's some good stories within there. Uh, yeah, that it's we've been doing this a while. So I think it, we said episode seven. Hmm. Our uh, audio has definitely improved, and uh, will hopefully improve even better more next week when I finally get my other computer and can, I don't know. It sounds all right, but I think, uh, there's some limitations yeah. just doing it over Skype, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. We had two mics. <clears throat> we I think back then we were doing single mic in the same room. Yeah. Um, with, uh, no furniture in the room. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually uh, we figured out using two mics in the same room, and then uh, the uh, lockdowns happened, and then we started doing things remote, and then we never went back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just way more convenient. Uh, we should, and we have actually done at least one yeah. since then, <clears throat> but... Uh, Make it a special occasion, do something in person, especially if we can watch something together and then record. Absolutely. Should uh, yeah, gonna get back. Haven't gone to the theater in like. I don't think I went all of September. I don't even know what the last movie I saw, or even I don't even know if I saw anything in August nothing's been out i do want to see that amsterdam movie but i wanted to but i've been hearing terrible things about it like 
Just yeah. Well, I saw one. Like I saw Frank gave it like a two. I think on Letterbox or something. So then that I don't know. It, it depends on his mood, but yeah. uh, it's just like by the trailers. It's like I like all these actors. It seems fun. It doesn't seem pathetic <laughs> or something. Like it seems something different, but maybe maybe it does suck. Yeah, the sources I've been seeing, it's not like I've been searching it out, but um, I mentioned being more on the Letterboxd Reddit community, and I forget where it was. I was seeing people will ask, like, what's the what's something you've rated this, blah, 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 like some criteria, and some, some post about bad movies or something, and a lot of people were saying, like, Amsterdam for most recent thing that they've watched that was a disappointment or something. And it was, uh, I was like, Oh, I did not expect that because from the previews, it looks pretty good. But I will say the previews kind of remind me of inherent vice, which I didn't like. I think a lot of people do like that movie, but I was the same director. Um, no, that is, I think inherent vice is Paul Thomas Anderson. Right. And Amsterdam is uh, uh, whoever did like Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, I think. Uh, his name is David O. Russell. Yes. Um, and actually, and I, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but one comment I saw was about, it's like, the, the movie sucks and the director is a sex pervert or something like that. It's like, I assume everyone in Hollywood is, but, uh, but he, like, I don't know, he's pretty well liked. Uh, you liked Silver Linings Playbook. He also did The oh, yeah. Fighter. Oh, yeah. um, no, he's good. And like he's worked with uh, Christian Bale a bunch of times, like American Hustle, uh, Fighter, and this. I mean, he did Three Kings, which is like an older one that was pretty popular. So I don't know. He, I, I thought it looked good as well. So I'm not saying it's not, but I saw a lot of people saying not good things. Um. What was something else? I feel like anything that I want to see isn't playing near me. Um, I forget what else came up that uh, I was looking for, and it, it was more of a limited release, it seemed. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving. It was, it was good. It was... Uh... What what can you say? Eating good, warm food is nice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty uneventful. Uh, But yeah, how about yourself? It was busy, uh, but it was good. Saw both families. I got to sleep in at least Saturday. (laughs) And then every other day was... Busy and busy. Um, 
Yeah. I'm fine. Do you, can you sleep in? When do you usually do. wake up? I definitely do. Because, uh, like, I'll wake up, I'll be woken up, but then I'll go back <laughs> to sleep. And, so, but, uh, like, tomorrow, what time do you wake up on a normal day? I wake up at 7. I That's my usually... Uh, so, if I'm not... Uh, well, yeah, like, today, I think it was 7.30. It depends on wh- where I have to be and when. But right. uh, 7.30 or 7 if I have to be somewhere earlier or even sometimes 6 30 i'm up um so okay so then you can't like i find uh, not that i can't sleep in at all but like seven o'clock with no alarm i'm still getting up at seven now now like covid's over and everything and it's just like that's so uh, and our Saturday hockey was moved. It, we used to start at seven, but now we're starting at eight. So like I can get up still at seven and get there. And it's just like, uh, actually I wake up the earliest on Sunday morning for hockey <laughs> all week is Sunday should be the sleeping day, but no Sunday's my earliest day, but I'm just finding like, I think I'm getting old <laughs> where it's just like uh, my kids slept over at their grandparents and it's like by 7.30 in the morning, it's like, well, I'm awake now. I can't sleep in even when there's no obligation to get up. And this is why people come to line of sight to know yes. about our sleep habits. <clears throat> I can sleep in though, to answer your question. I think I said it, but yeah. I sleep on, in on if I stay up late. I but like I can't. <laughs> yeah, but like I usually go to bed 12 to 11 to 1 is my range. I got a two hour window usual. But uh, like last night, I went to bed at 1. Six hours, I'm fine. Anything less than six hours, then I can start will it will affect the next day but it's just six hours of sleep no no problem like you don't i can't really tell the difference between six and eight i feel <laughs> i saw something about how it's like um i don't know what the times were but it's like five hours of sleep waking up at 11 a.m. and you're like fine but then like seven hours of sleep waking up at 6 a.m. and you're like really groggy or whatever like it it really does depend on the time of day it doesn't matter the amount of sleep (laughs) like you can get a full night's sleep but if you're up too early it still feels like crap although sometimes I will say I had to get up at like five or something uh, a while back for a early drive. And it was nice. It was so peaceful. And like being if outside mental, at that time. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I love being outside. That's one thing. Yeah, I do love just being uh, around when no one else is around driving yeah. at, late at night or 
I love empty restaurants. That's one of my <laughs> favorite things. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough of our favorite things. Let's get to some sad things. Or maybe these aren't sad. Maybe maybe these movies uh, made us cry for different reasons. Uh, I know that some of them... Uh, not all of them, but there are a couple in here that I think are more happy tears. Just overwhelmed yeah. with emotion. I remember from the last episode, I had quite a few that were happy tears. I think I have less in this one. But there's still a few. Okay. Do you want to go first? Kick us off. We need something. Sure. Just give well, it to us. <laughs> Having said all that about happy tears, this is maybe one of the most depressing. <laughs> I'm going to go in the order that I, I apparently watch them. It's the order that the list is in. Actually, you know what? Even before that, it's not a movie. This is a quick little mention. I know uh, I've brought it before. We were watching Home Improvement as a family. And there is an episode called The Longest Day and it is from season 5 episode 22 uh, it might be oh no it's not the finale uh, but it's got an 8.1 on IMDB <laughs> uh, the synopsis is the family finds out that Randy may have cancer and is, I remember that episode. It's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, yeah, and I forget even how it came up. This is a while ago that we watched it, so it's not that fresh in my mind. But uh, I just know that there was it was probably something that Jill said, and her voice cracking, or she's breaking down, being worried about Randy and and all that uh, that goes with it. But uh, yeah, for a sitcom uh, about a man who hurts himself <laughs> on a tool show, it got really serious, and it was it was really well done. And yeah, there was at least one moment where it got me, and I was I was tearing up a little. Just uh, the parenting side of it, and obviously he turns out to be fine. It's more of just like a a scare than. Um, an actual diagnosis but yeah if uh, you get the chance check out that episode it's uh it's it's well done and a bit of a tearjerker nice yeah i haven't watched those forever they're not are they on anything you would think they should be on disney plus but uh, we just have them on DVD. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe eventually they will because it's uh, Touchstone or Buena Vista or whatever. Um, yeah. So uh, here's a little. Uh, trivia for you patricia richardson who plays jill came up with the idea for the episode and uh this is the only episode where we ever see any of the taylor kids cry 
when Randy has his breakdown at the arcade. If that's the moment, no, I'm pretty sure it's at home. It's in the kitchen, and yeah, it's some. It's just between Jill and Tim, and her being worried. I think it just. I love Jill, and I want to see her cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, home improvement. The longest day. <laughs> uh, Not the movie. The longest day. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'll start off uh, uh, with one that doesn't get me bawling, but it does get me tearing up. Uh, rewatched this recently, couldn't find uh, my copy, so I rebought it on <laughs> DVD on Amazon. Still can't find it. I'm sure it's somewhere, but. Uh, Prairie Home Companion. There's a scene in it where uh, Three Finger Jack, (laughs) I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is Three Finger Jack uh, from The Mask of Zorro. (laughs) And what other movie was he in that we found out that we liked so much? Don't you remember? Isn't this a line yeah, of sight staple? He, he did come up again. Uh, he came up again. And then also I made the observation that in the mask of Zorro, he looks like the beast in that yeah. <laughs> uh, TV show. We're just bringing it all around here. That's uh, what I was going to say. <laughs> the other thing he's from is <laughs> the beast. Uh, uh, I'll 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 figure this one out. You can keep going. Okay. So there's a scene where he's uh, it's the last. Uh, the whole movie has some heartstring moments, but uh, the singer he's uh, and then he's going down to his dressing room, and then he's uh, I don't even know if they're going to have sex or whatever, just make out or just spend some time together with this other, uh, nice old lady. And he's all sitting there waiting for her, but then he dies and then she comes in all excited and he's just sitting in the chair and she doesn't register that he's dead. And it's very, heartwarming and sweet and she gives them a little what do you are you even allowed to say this nowadays uh eskimo kiss is that when you rub your noses together yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's okay <laughs> <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mind <laughs> i don't mind uh but yeah and it's just sweet and I found a lot of mine have to do, and it's such an obvious, like, where my list is not that good in compared to our, I shouldn't downplay my list so much, but the other one where it's like, there was lots of different reasons for the tears. A lot of these just have to do with people dying or almost dying and just like relationship things. But yeah, just like, it just sucks and it's sad and uh she's a sweet old lady but then right after that 
Woody Harrelson and John C. Riley are outside the dressing room with uh, Kevin Klein, and they keep getting interrupted because the guy's farting <laughs> and he's releasing all his gas, apparently, as you do when you die. <laughs> so, Prairie Home Companion it has a roller coaster's worth of emotion in there. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've come up with that he would have been recognized in for us is the Patriot. And I don't even remember <laughs> that. What part? In it. I don't know. He must just be one of the guys. I mean, he's oh. in a lot of things. Although... Um, or the edge. He's in the edge, but I like I wouldn't have recognized him in that. Um what else was I gonna say? Uh oh he a Prairie Home Companion was his final film, so it's kinda weird that he dies in it. <laughs> but yeah. Mask of Zorro and The Patriot were the same year as well. So Good for him. <clears throat> okay. Um, I feel like I've brought this up before. I don't think it was on that episode. I didn't re re-listen to it, but I'm confident it wasn't officially on my list. But I did rewatch at some point Arrival. And it was the first time watching it since I had first watched it. So I've only seen it twice, but knowing everything that uh, happens and understanding it pretty well on a second watch. Um, this is a little spoilery, but uh, at this point, I mean, it's been out for a while. Uh, Can I interrupt you? Yeah, I just did. I like that when people say, "Can I ask you a question?" They just did. Uh, the Patriot. You just mentioned Three Finger Jack and L. Q. Jones is the actor yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. Were you reading that or looking at posters? I was going through his IMDb. So it's just because I believe the Patriot on. Uh, Letterbox here is the uh, Steven Seagal, the Patriot that he's in, or maybe he's in both. But it says the 1998 oh, okay. the Patriot. We got to review that. No, it's whatever weird. that movie is. I okay. So when I click on it, yeah, now I can see that, but. In his IMDb, you know how there's like their picture and then like beside them, it'll start playing videos and usually yeah. it's like trailers they're in or like okay. special things. The video that's there is the trailer for the Mel Gibson Patriot. <laughs> but yeah, the, <laughs> the movie he's in is not that one. So IMDb screwed me up because I didn't click on it. I was just like, oh, yeah, the Patriot. But, yeah, I know the Steven Seagal one. That we should about. review it. It's uh, 
90 minutes. It has a two on Letterboxd. And listen to this. Every second counts. A deadly virus threatens to wipe out an entire Rocky Mountain town, leaving the town doctor to find some way to escape the soldiers who enforce the town's quarantine and devise an antidote. Matters take a more deadly turn after the physician is captured by a dangerously unstable band of militia extremists. Well, this has everything. And it's modern. There's a helicopter on the cover. I did not know that. I thought it was cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he kind of looks like a cowboy on the poster. Yeah. Um, then I am at a loss as to what this guy would have come back. Maybe it was just Prairie Home and yeah, maybe I watched, I don't know when I watched the edge, but there is, when I was getting really deep into his, uh, filmography from 1976, I've, I've come across this movie once before the title is mother jugs and speed. And when I look into it, it's about uh, this ambulance team. And that's the three names of the people. And it's Bill Cosby, Harvey Keitel, and Raquel Welch. And so this is a movie. This is a movie. Why aren't we watching this? (laughs) And these are their nicknames. And it's so... (laughs) Awesome that Raquel Welch's nickname is Jugs, and that's part of the title. <laughs> and it's got uh, Bill Cosby holding what looks like a beer and smiling. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I I think we should watch that. I want to watch Tiptoes or whatever that one weird one is. Yeah, like. Weird, obscure things. There's some stuff on Disney Plus that's like, how, what, when did this ever come out? Like 80s, 90s thriller trash and stuff. It's just like stuff that never left an impact. Let's watch more of those movies. Yeah. Um, anyways, he's in that. <laughs> and it's just funny that that came up. Uh, yeah, I think it was on Letterboxd. I was reading the reviews to be like, this sounds insane. Um, <clears throat> anyways, Arrival. Um, 2016 starring uh, Amy Adams. <clears throat> Amy Adams, always a delight. This is a very serious movie, a, a very real take on an alien um not invasion but uh if ships came to earth blah 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 uh she's some sort of linguistic expert and uh anyways the tear jerking part it really it kind of starts off with a bang um you see her and her daughter and they're living life and having a great time. And then uh, the daughter gets sick. And 
you don't really see what happens, but you can assume she passes away because then she's there. She's all alone. Uh, Amy Adams. Um, I won't give away the twist, even though what I'm saying is going to kind of give it away. But uh, at the end of the movie, there's a moment where uh, Amy Adams basically makes a decision to to conceive a child, even though she knows the outcome of what's going to happen. And it was like that specific that freight that sentence that I just said, that was like going through my mind and like the uh, <clears throat> kind of putting yourself through something, but like knowing it's worth it and uh, just her decision there. Uh, it it uh, brought me to tears. It was uh, it's kind of beautiful, kind of sad. Uh, but it was just a very real kind of mother moment too, where it's like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway, kind of thing. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe the movie kind of implies there's no avoiding it. It's going to happen anyways, but, um, yeah, that movie's awesome. Villeneuve knocking it out of the park, bringing men to tears. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I got to rewatch that. I think I've only seen it once, but yeah, I saw it once and I was like, gotta watch this one again. And uh, yeah, not something I'm going to watch too often. There's one I I know I was debating to be on my top 100, but it's not really a favorite. It's just, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen Glory? Have we talked about Glory? I have seen it, and okay. I know it's come up a couple times. Yeah. Uh, so Glory has, uh, oh, what's his name? It has Denzel Washington and Matthew Broderick. And why am I blanking? Morgan Andy Dufresne. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Thank you. Uh, and Morgan Freeman, uh, and it's about, uh, I don't know if it's the first or whatever, one of the first black regiments during the American civil war. And there's a scene where, uh, Denzel Washington is strapped up. To, oh, it's so I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. When so Denzel Washington, it's interesting because he doesn't really play these characters that often. He's usually the calm and cool, smooth talking guy. So he's a cool guy in this. Not cool is not the right word, but like tough guy or whatever. But he's more of a hothead. Yeah. In this movie, younger Denzel. And then uh, he gets accused of deserting. And then they strap him up and give him, they whip him, give him some lashes for, and it's like a standard punishment or whatever. But just everything that 
is involved in that scene because he wasn't deserting. He was he out looking for uh, some larger boots because his feet weren't uh, fitting the boots and his feet are all swollen and blistered and all this stuff. And he wants the chance to fight. So he's not a coward or anything like that. So it's the double whammy of you're being accused of doing something you didn't do and you're getting punished for it. And then the whole civil war and the fighting for tons of stuff, but primarily for freeing the slaves in the Mm -hmm. South. So, but at the same time, you're whipping this black man in the similar way that they would have been doing it in the South. So it's just like a contradictory thing of Matthew Broderick's, like the North is no doubt the good guys, but you're still no one's perfect type thing. It's, it's just wonderful. And then Denzel takes it like a man and just stands there and takes it stoically with, I believe a few tears running down his face, but no, yeah. nothing else but that. Just, and yeah, uh, it's him. It's his face looking like staring down Matthew Broderick. And yeah, like, I don't know if it's just a single tear, but like, he's just like, yeah, like you said, taking it like a man and, but still being in pain. And oh, yeah. Do you, does he have scars? Is that, he probably, I think he might probably already has scars. He has some scars implying that he was a slave or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, for sure. It is the moment of that movie, I think. <clears throat> yeah. So Denzel. Morgan Freeman, way down the list, Matthew Broderick, <laughs> as far as acting. Uh, but, yeah. But I, I think, uh, actually, Matthew Broderick, I think, does quite well in it for, uh, you, like, you could be, well, you still can, but, like, he's a young commanding officer. Like, you go through officer training or the proper schooling, right? Like you can be quite young and in charge of quite a few men. So I feel like he does a pretty good representation of that. So yeah, glory, another top 100 list. Beautiful movie. I think uh, my next one is on my top 100 and I think this is maybe a new moment to cry at. I don't know if I ever have cried in this movie. But uh, from 2004, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Okay. I love this movie more and more every time I watch it and find more and more things to love about it. And uh, the moment that hit me <clears throat> this time... Uh, one of my favorite moments has always been there's like a scene between Joaquin Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard on her porch at night. And it's like the closest thing to um, not a love scene. It's not like (laughs) a sex scene or anything, but just like them courting kind of thing and, and talking to one another directly about uh, how they feel. But uh, before this, uh, there's a scene where 
Bryce Dallas Howard, who is Ivy, is hugging her sister at her wedding, who is played by um what's her name? Their sisters in Jurassic World. <laughs> <clears throat> so I know who you uh, Judy Greer. Um, so Judy Greer, who was saying she's in love with Lucius, who's um, Joaquin Phoenix. All of a sudden, she's engaged to this other guy, and then they get married. So it's at their wedding, and um, I don't know if it's uh, the the scene that happens before it is part of the wedding, but like Ivy's sitting on a hill with. Mrs. Clack, who um, uh, I think it's Cherry Jones is the name of the actress. And she's telling Ivy a, a story about her sister. I guess it is during the wedding because she's she's reminiscing about her own sister. And she's telling the story and says she did not live past her 23rd birthday. A group of men took her life in an alley by our home. It's very serious and sad, but then the tears come when it's like just after that, then they're doing the like receiving line at the wedding and then Ivy hugging her sister. It's like putting those two things together and like her just like appreciating and cherishing her sister. And like it's uh, again, it's a kind of sad slash beautiful thing of like. Uh, how much she loves her and is like literally holding on to her and um, cherishing her. And uh, it's, it's great, great filmmaking. And I will defend Mr. Knight (laughs) in a lot of things. Not every movie of his is great, but like this one gets crapped on sometimes. And it's like, there's so much good stuff in here. I wish people would just open their eyes and see. We should do a episode (laughs) on that. On the village or him in general? Both. <laughs> we could go through lots of his stuff. Yeah. I've seen most of it, but I've never seen Avatar or The Happening. I just watched The Happening, actually. Um, <laughs> I can either save it for or what we watched in October or just quickly say, that is also not as bad as everyone says. It's not great, but it's like, it is very watchable and entertaining to me and has some really good visuals but then some other kind of dumb stuff but overall it's fine like i don't know i i like it uh and it might be my favorite mark Wahlberg performance (laughs) Uh, but i think we should do the village because that's a good one of like that's a polarizing movie yeah lots of opinions on it so yeah i i've never loved it but i certainly never hated it like i i've never thought understood the hatred well maybe i'm wrong i don't know maybe it's not hated i think there's a lot of people that don't like it i think it's just very in the middle uh a lot of just i think people wanted to dislike it because it was like finally we it, it it I these aren't even necessarily my opinions, but it's like finally the uh the the sixth sense and unbreakable is like 
this time we've got them for sure. <laughs> like it's like yeah, it's not as good, so we're gonna crap on it. Like it, this is our chance, or I don't know. People just yeah. want to take them down. People want to see people fail for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. There's certain people I want to see fail. <laughs> uh, so I watched recently. Uh, I'm such a Moneyball, and then baseball. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. The end. Everyone cries at it. <laughs> so it is such an obvious pick. I don't think I have. <laughs> cried at it? Yeah, I know that that's come up in film junkie. Yeah. Sean didn't cry, but it's like, I don't think I ever have. Well, this is the thing. These are not, like, I get far more emotional during 101 Dalmatians than I get at <laughs> Field of Dreams when she, the puppies are lost. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I do, I think it's also uh, all this family stuff, being older, like this stuff, did, like I've seen Field of Dreams a dozen times. It's now being older and more thinking about your family and your kids than uh before but just at the end uh he has he gets to talk to his dad a young i don't know why i'm saying this but like a young version of his dad essentially and then he gets to play catch with him which is the great like (laughs) joke that it's corny but true of like just like a dad and a son playing catch is like such perfect wholesomeness to it so uh it just comes together if you build it he will come all these connections uh kevin costner's voice when he's like just like it's cracking when he's speaking just a beautiful moment even just a little while before that, James Earl Jones's speech about America is beautiful. It's just a beautiful, nostalgic movie. How can't you be romantic about baseball? <laughs> it's the best. But uh, yeah, love Field of Dreams. Love the ending. It's fantastic. <clears throat> well, on my list. It was not Field of Dreams, but you mentioned Moneyball. I have Moneyball actually on my list for that ending. Uh, I feel like we've probably talked about it, but uh, it's worth mentioning again. Uh, the and it's not even a spoiler. Like they have their there's the big tense moments there's a game winning home run uh everyone is celebrating the music is swelling and then cut to Brad Pitt silence celebrating alone in the like workout room or whatever it is yeah. and just that hard cut and silence and seeing him there it was like just a single melancholy tear 
<laughs> it's just like it's so good and it's again uh, like i don't think that's a sad thing but it kind of is it's like oh he doesn't get to celebrate with everyone else but it's like there's all the emotion of like yay they did it like the the happy emotions but then cut in with that uh it, it doubles down almost or i don't know maybe that's not what a double down is but it uh it gets you two ways almost um yeah and actually that made me think of something else that i'm surprised i didn't put on this list but i guess all right it was already full so i didn't <laughs> Uh, another sports movie with the big finale where I definitely was not bawling, but like just they were tears were flowing. Really? I'm sure because, I'll bring it up at another time. But. Yeah, because I'm just thinking like sports movies should be prime for this. Yeah. But like Field of Dreams is not. Like it is a sports movie, but yeah, it's not, it's not a typical. team. You're, it's yeah. not like the winning at the end or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that does remind me. I'll just say quickly, Rocky, Yo Adrian, you did it. Does get me going. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, is it my turn? You just. Yeah. Okay. I'll get uh, another one. Rocky doesn't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pride and Prejudice. The Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. This is a happy one. When there's multiple parts to it. But when. Uh, like. So is it Lily or Lydia? Goes away with one of the dumb soldiers and gets married or whatever, but there's all this commotion or whatever, where the family doesn't know what's going on and she's going to dishonor the family and cost them a bunch of money and problems, problems, problems. And Kira Knightley's like, it's almost comical, but it's still sad where she's like trying to read the letter and, uh, Mr. Darcy and her, I think it's her aunt and uncle or whatever, trying to get an understanding about what's going on. But then later on, when she finally finds out that Mr. Darcy fixes the entire situation and he does it for her because he hates this guy. (laughs) But uh he'll deal with them because uh he loves lizzie so then that but then when uh specifically when kira knightley's talking to her dad donald sutherland his performance of his holding back tears and being happy for his daughter is just the best thing in that movie. I just, that part just sells it so well. It's so genuine. You just want the best for your kids. It's, uh, I was, I was listening to someone in some podcast and they were just talking about like needing to raise your kids properly and all the stuff, but then you do just want to buy them 
like if they're into whatever pick yeah if they're into teddy bears you just want to get them teddy bears and just make them happy and like you don't care about yourself you just want to make them happy so yeah when you see them actually fall in love with someone that's a good person and all this stuff and uh yeah which is nice love pride and prejudice amazing movie end scene um i i feel like i probably mentioned watching this um there's a movie from 2015 called the final girls probably watched about a year ago um it's kind of a spoof almost uh of slasher movies or you could even say like an homage in a kind of comedy type way uh it, but it gets really serious sometimes it it rides that line pretty well where um <clears throat> there's like the jokes poking fun at tropes but overall it's got a pretty serious uh story um and one of the 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 main story of it is the the main character her mom was in uh, a slasher movie. I forget what it's even called, but uh, she's in some 80s slasher movie. And then, uh, like, she never really made it big. But you see a scene with them together at the beginning, and then there's, like, a car accident, and her mom dies. And then I don't know how, like, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I don't even know how this happens, but somehow she the daughter ends up in the movie uh it's like her and a group of friends they somehow are in they find themselves in the movie and it's playing out and they have to like participate along with it uh to to get to the end of it whatever uh but so she meets her mom, but it's not her mom. It's the actual character being played by her mom. Uh, um, and then there's a scene toward the end where uh, this, this daughter is breaking down and tells this person who looks like her mom, but technically isn't because it's the actual character. But she's like telling her like all about her mom. Uh, and it's really emotional and it's that's one of those moments where it's like thought this is a comedy but it's like it gets very real got a little misty watching it it doesn't feel forced and uh it's just a very surreal moment as well as real <laughs> it's it's a very uh it's not like an amazing movie but for that scene it probably bumped up my rating uh because of the emotional payoff that you get for for this setup that I thought it was like, oh, it's just so that you could have people running around being self-aware that they're in a slasher movie. But um, no, it is uh, it is an emotional moment and a pretty good slasher movie for real. So uh, it's 
October. It's the spooky season. It's perfect time for someone to take this as your recommendation to watch the final girls. Interesting. Should check it out. Uh, I don't have a ton left. One that the I would say most of these. I'm trying to think of actual tear dropping. This one would just be like emotional if I'm engaged in watching it. And I think uh, we've discussed this before, where it's like watching with a group yeah. doesn't work as yeah. well as watching alone when it's just like you're engaged. Uh, Air Force One, when he's <laughs> threatened <laughs> and like he's going to kill his family, I think Harrison Ford's a pretty good actor there where it's like, I accept and believe him because it's just like, I think he says he's going to count to 10 or whatever. And he's like, one, two. And it's like, I'll do it. Like, yeah. it's just like, and it's like a hundred percent where it's like, there's no instinct in me where it's like, it's not even, there's lots of times where it's like, I don't know what I would do in this situation or whatever, like you think of horrible situations or at least I do where it's like car accidents or like if you're at the mall and there was a shooting or something in this beautiful world, we got going here, crazy things like this happen nowadays. And it's like, Oh, what would you do? Well, I would hope I would do this or that, that or whatever. But it's like, if someone's threatening your kid and you could just, get out of it or it's like give me your wallet or whatever you just like okay whatever <laughs> like so so like i like that part of harrison ford as the president in this and like where it's like he's looking at his wife and it's like absolutely there's nothing <laughs> like i i uh just having a daughter it's like yeah I would give up nuclear secrets for to have my kids survive. It makes you all rationality is thrown out the window. Yeah, and it it's good because sometimes it's like you know what the character's thinking of like they're bluffing kind of thing. Like right. yeah, 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 I'll help you out, I'll do whatever you want. And it's like I don't believe that you're you have something up your sleeve. But right. that where he's just like, I'll do it. Like he, he seems desperate. Like it's yeah. not. And that that's part of the movie where it's like, we won't negotiate the whole yeah. time. So it is part of it where it's like, well, at one point. Yeah. So no, the, uh, air force one, I got to watch air force one more often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched like it with Aaron and Steve. I, it's such a, it's only gone up for me. <laughs> like, I think I'm pretty positive that it is on my top 100. I would have never guessed it, but it's one of those where it's like, who am I kidding? I love this. Like, I feel Air Force One is because people call it like Die Hard on a Plane. And it is like, I saw Air Force One before I saw Die Hard. Okay. And it's like, <laughs> it's one of those like quality ripoffs. Yeah, 
where I don't know other examples of it. Uh, I'm sure there's like quality ripoffs of Jaws or something like that, where it's like there's lots of like under siege, I would say it's like a lower tier, but yeah. still like a, they say uh, a rip of rip off of Die Hard, but like having Harrison Ford and like uh, what's his name, Commissioner Gordon, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is like it elevates a movie. So, yeah. Uh, Air Force One, or the wife, uh, Wendy Crewson from the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, she's good too. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff. And one of the Russians is uh, the guy from Spider Man Two, who's (laughs) always asking for the rent. And does he have that really skinny daughter? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a meme where it's like comparing her to Mary Jane. Yeah. And it's just like how much better she is, like yeah. in every way. It's like, accepts yeah. you for who you are, like all the cookies. All this stuff is like, yeah. yeah. Isn't going to be marrying someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't in love with your best friend. All this stuff. That's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll go with another top 100. And again, another M. Night Shyamalan 2002 Signs. Love Signs, probably even more than The Village. Um, and we were just... Just before recording, we were even talking about it just being Halloween coming up and the cornfield and scary. It's something I usually do end up watching around now. But uh, the scene that gets me, you think about it, it's like, what would it be the the ending, I guess? But it's like, no, it's not even the ending. It's the scene before the the big night. It's supposed to be a happy time. They go through the house. They're boarding up windows and doors. <clears throat> and uh, they even have a nice thing uh, where they're all saying what they're going to have for dinner. It's like anything you want, we'll make it. And it's like spaghetti, pan- waffles, steak. Like all, everyone's ordering what they want. And they, they go through all this, make this big meal. And then they finally they're sitting down and it's just like so ominous like they're kind of uh waiting for the the big attack to happen no one's eating and it gets really emotional (laughs) like it's uh and real like as a father uh graham yelling at his kids mel gibson uh, uh, him crying in general will get anyone going. Like, I think he's a really good crier, yeah, but, uh, it just like the whole scene's like, why isn't anyone eating? What are you just like getting angry at people? It's like, that's not the right response, but it's also like, there's so much going on at that moment. And like, 
him yelling and he's like, well, if no one's going to eat, then I'll eat everything. And he's like taking it off the plates and like Bo is crying and she's like the, the little girl. And he's like, it's so good. Like the performances and like how like you're dealing with the stress and the fear and all this stuff uh, culminating in the scene and again, Joaquin Phoenix is in this one and he's like even I think everyone's probably crying at at some point in the scene and he's kind of like telling him to calm down. And uh, and then the, the boy, I think, at one point goes over and hugs him and it's just like so friggin emotional. <laughs> like I I definitely tear up probably every time. Uh yeah, it's it's incredible. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's one of those things like it's not sad. It kind of is because it's like you're worried for them and they're they're afraid. And that's really the root of what's going on. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a different kind of uh, tearing up scene. Uh, it's all about the performances and the atmosphere, the master at work. Uh, um, do you have a lot more? I have <clears throat> five more. Okay. I don't really have like these. I don't have good. I'll just, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll just Patriots day. The only thing when things are based on real life, thinking about it, gets me going so just like all the wounded people and people that were killed and it's just like that actually as soon as it's like not i don't know a superhero movie and it's like actual face people with faces (laughs) dying or whatever and it's just like as soon as you have some empathy and put yourself in their shoes. And it's just like, like everything is like, what would it be like tomorrow to have your legs destroyed and you can't walk for the rest of your life. And it's just like, so tragic, so heart wrenching. So things like that. So Patriot's day has that kind of stuff. A lot of other based on a true story, movies have that but that was one that just uh fairly recently watched i think and it was just sticks in my mind uh whereas like other things are sad where like i'm thinking of the gray or even john wick where it's like the wife dies but then it's like it's not real so it's like i don't get worked up with like just like in the same way as as soon as you know this is based on a true story so yeah anything like that my last one is the ultimate one that i've just been reading up on (laughs) it's not even uh it's kind of connected to the movie. So, yeah. Okay. Um, 
So, uh, I didn't go much into it, but in the final girls, uh, Adam Devine is in it. That's one of the characters in the slasher movie. And it's at a camp. And then this next movie also has Adam Devine at a camp. Came out in 2000, or 2020 on Disney Plus called Magic Camp. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's about a magic camp. Um, Adam Devine is asked to come be a counselor. And he's kind of the underdog cabin. Um, there's a big magic competition at the end. It's pretty mediocre. It's watchable. It's more for kids. Uh, I sat through it with Alexis. She was into it. But the ending is... Uh, it got me. The The main kid that goes to magic camp, he, uh, he, he, him and his dad, their thing was magic. And his dad passed away somehow. And he's not there so it was, it's a big surprise that um his mom bought him uh the ticket or whatever it is, is is getting him to go to this magic camp that he wanted to go to and the whole thing it's like oh he's doing it for his dad and blah 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 but then the big trick at the end like everyone's doing their competition and his whole thing is card tricks he's really good with his hands and he's does some pretty cool things but while he's doing it, it's like one of those card tricks where you tell a story and like each card comes up means something. Right. And uh, so all the parents are in the audience and whatever. And then he's telling this story with his card tricks. And it turns out to be all about his mom and like how she's like so supportive of him and she doesn't understand, but she's there for him and blah, blah, all this like kids praising their parents (laughs) it's like yeah yay moms like it's this big thing and it it caught me off guard because it it was a bit of like uh i don't know not a trick not a red herring or anything but like you think that it's going to be all about his dad and oh i wish he was here and blah, blah blah but then it turns out to be about his mom and she is there in the audience and it's it was uh it was a a good Misty eye moment out of nowhere from this uh, direct to streaming kids movie. So uh, I would recommend it for that. I'd, overall, it, like I said, it's it's pretty watchable with the kids. Uh, I wouldn't say go out and just watch it if you want to see the scene, <laughs> but it's in there. Uh, so yeah, it was. Is a good uh, moment. Nice. Uh, Robin Hood, the cartoon, the best one, as we agree on. <laughs> once in a while, it doesn't get me all the time, but once in a while, the when he jumps off the castle and is in the water, and... Uh, what the... I'm drawn, I was about to call the rabbit Thumper. What's the rabbit's name? Uh, Skippy. Skippy and Little John. And what gets me is Little John tearing up and not being completely confident and trying to put on a brave face. And then the relief as well. 
You had me worried, Rob. Like, what? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's magic. Yeah, little John tearing up is pretty good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the like the sense of relief, and then they're making fun of Prince John. Oodalali. It's that's <laughs> amazing. Um I know you haven't seen this either. <clears throat> Prisoners, another no. villain of um I know you don't want to see it also. I should see the it cost, the the subject matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, just terrifying. But I will not to spoil it, but at least give you some sense of uh, the I ending don't care here. About spoilers. No, I know. <laughs> uh, so I didn't shed a tear the whole time. It's about these two little girls that go missing, uh, and the the main father, Hugh Jackman, trying to find them. Um, so yeah, it is a pretty sensitive thing and you could see it being emotional throughout all that. And, but I didn't, I didn't shed a tear that whole time until the very end where uh, the girls are found and recovered and they're in the hospital. Just nothing terrible happens to them. Like physically, it's just more of a dehydration and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure. Um but the one little girl's in like a wheelchair and I don't know if she goes to Jake Gyllenhaal, who's the detective working the case or, or whatever, but she says something like she wanted to say thank you to, or maybe the mom says it like she wanted to say thank you to her hero talking about him. And it's like one of those kind of sweet moments where it's like, Oh, he's her hero. But Again, with the double double-edged sword, it's happy, but at the same time, Hugh Jackman, her father, should be her hero. But in this scene, he's missing, and they think that he had something to do with it and ran away or whatever. So he's not even there, and the daughter is calling some other man her hero. And it's like, you're kind of happy for him, but then at the same time, sad for her actual father. And it's, uh, it, that's when it got me. It was, it, was, it was a little sting of like, ooh, that's rough. <laughs> uh, so, very good movie. Um, I don't think that ruins anything knowing that, but uh, it's all about the, the ride to get there. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's I I should watch that. I know it's probably awesome. Uh, I I have only two more, and this one's quick, and my last one's kind of a cheat. But uh, Prince of Egypt, the music in the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> gets me going like probably three or four songs <laughs> so the whole movie uh just like the beginning song absolutely with the mom singing out when she's 
letting Moses go down into the Nile, that uh, in heaven's eyes with Jethro singing is the best, like genuine, like tearing up with during the wedding scene and stuff. Like I just, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I love it so much, but uh, what always gets me is a good freedom time. So when the Israelites are let go and leave Egypt. It, I just find it so soothing and the music with the children singing in Hebrew is just crazy. I just love it. Gets me going every time. That movie is uh, certain things and I know you're obsessed with your top 100 and I looked at my list today and it's like oh I could see things moving around. It's like I do never. I never see a time where Prince of Egypt is ever going to be out of my top twenty-five. Like it's just like this thing is solid as a rock for me there. But uh, yeah, Prince of Egypt, musical tear jerking. <laughs> um, I'm gonna because you only have one. You say you one more after this. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, I'm going to switch it up so I can combine a couple. So this one is the lowest rated on my list today. I only gave it a three. Uh, but it had one one tear-jerking moment. Uh, Dolphin Tale. Kind of an okay movie overall. But this is when it actually becomes like a pretty good movie. Um, so there's this dolphin, they have to amputate part of its tail and, um, it, it gets kind of a celebrity status, but when it first is like, kind of becomes this attraction to people, the first person to show up is like this mom or daughter, they drive all the way from somewhere and, they're like, can we see the the dolphin or whatever? And they're like, oh, no, sorry, not today. And they're all disappointed. And then it's like, come on, can we just like, can you just let us in or something like that? And then uh, there's this reveal uh, that the little girl is in a wheelchair and she's an amputee. And then she gets to see the dolphin and she's like, you're just like me. And it's like this, the, the cheapest shot of like, Oh, yeah. the little girl doesn't have a leg. <laughs> it's like it, they snuck it in there and it's like, they do that you, a you lot. did it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> USOVs. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you that, got me. <laughs> uh, what there was a, I think it was Pixar or just Disney short or the dog. Yeah. What's that Feast. one called? Feast. And Feast then also, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is awesome. But then also, uh, How to Train Your Dragon is two amputees. Mm. All right. It's a, it's a good way to go. Get, uh, get a connection there. Does Feast have an amputee? <laughs> <laughs> 
What are you talking about? Why did you bring up Feast? Maybe it's a different one. There's another one. There's an amputee there, dog? There's another short where the kid has only one leg. Maybe Feast isn't it. No, Feast is like a married couple. Right? Yeah. She okay, so there's depressing and the dog gets her back. Even though she doesn't understand the food situation. I'll look it up, but no, there's another one. Um, with, uh, when it's just a kid and uh, I think he only has one leg. And then the dog only has one leg too. Or three right. legs. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, well, this isn't funny, but uh, at work, the guys, uh, they have a... St. Berdoodle, St. Bernard Poodle mix. Big dog. Um, Last time I saw him, he was limping. And apparently he had cancer in his leg and they had to amputate it. And it was apparently the same cancer, or this is what I've been told like secondhand, same cancer that Terry Fox had. He lost his leg. I don't know if it's just because it was the leg and or what, but leg cancer, uh, leg cancer, right. classic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, or I think it's like in the it's bone cancer. I think is what he had, and it was okay. in the leg, so it just happened to be. So, anyways, and the Terry Fox run just happened. That's something that always gets me crying. Is when it like I haven't done it this year, uh, but last year because Alexis was like learning about Terry Fox and the Terry Fox run was coming and whatever. And I'm just like watching these news stories about him and like, just, just bawling. <laughs> it's like, it's, I love the Terry Fox story. <laughs> you, you know, the Terry Fox joke, right? The standard one. I'm sure I do. Yeah. Well, it came, it didn't come up. That was the thing. But I thought it was coming up. Max was asking something about, like, I think they saw a dead fox on the side of the road and was asking, like, how does a fox die or something like that? (laughs) And I honestly thought he was going to (laughs) drop the standard joke. And I was like, he better not be already at this disgusting age or horrible jokes so he did not he had he was not thinking about that at all that's where my mind went so yeah uh terry fox great national treasure great canadian uh my last one let me just get the proper thing here so I think in the last episode or our episode number seven, we talked about uh, I, I might have one of us might have mentioned uh, Land Before Time, the mum dying in Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. Standard yep. Bambi, Mufasa, any parent dying. It's always sad. So that. uh so, you know the story of Ducky? Yes. Right. Yes, so that's yes. my... <laughs> just knowing that story... Oh, man. Uh, 
as the worst thing ever. So for listeners, the I don't want you shouldn't listen to this episode. I'll tell you spoilers. <laughs> spoilers ahead. Don't listen if you don't want to get upset. But so the voice of Ducky, I didn't Sarah Neville told me this a decade ago or so, but uh was killed by her dad. And it's just like I was just reading her name was Judith Barsi. B-A-R-S-I. Barsi? Barsi. So the dad killed her mom and her and killed himself. So murder suicide. But she was a voice in All Dogs Go to Heaven and The Land Before Time. And that voice of hers. I don't know all dogs go to heaven, but I know land before time. Ducky, you smell me and all these like, <laughs> like yeah, she has a perfect voice. It's amazing. And she's in uh, Jaws, the revenge. Yes. I saw that. And like, you can that. instantly recognize the voice, like just her talking. It's like, yep, that's Ducky. <laughs> so very sad. And yeah, it, it was even before land before time was released. Which almost makes it more sad because she didn't even get to see the movie. <laughs> right. It's yeah. It's just the so I think she was uh, 1978 to 1988. Uh, born in June, killed in July. So pretty much exactly 10 years old. Just brutal. Sad, just everything about it is sad and tragic and horrible. And it's just like, how could someone do that? Father, it's the ultimate worst thing. Like getting hit by a bus is horrible, but getting killed by your own family is like even more insane and worse in some twisted way. But yeah, just land before time, just the knowledge of it now <laughs> gets me going. So like, uh, I don't watch it that often, but like watching it and it's like it, the mother scene doesn't even have, it's just like ducky gets me going now. So, yeah. Tragic. It's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Background. Um, I'm trying to find what specific lyric could have done this to me, but, uh, my, so my last two, I'm going to bundle together because they're both about music, both featuring Andrew Garfield. Um, and even in my notes on the first one, special Andrew Garfield mentioned for, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, real quick, Gwen Stacy dying. That movie is pretty much 50-50 garbage and 50-50 amazing. And that's one of the amazing things is like the emotional moment of, of her death is so good. Uh, and then him in Hacksaw Ridge, I don't even know specifically what, but I'm sure there was something. <laughs> Uh, he's great in that. But the main thing that I, I have to mention featuring him is 
uh, and both of these are from 2021. Tick, tick, boom. Uh, I know you watched and... I just both. watched some of the, like, a month ago. I just didn't rewatch the whole thing, just some of my favorite songs of it. Yeah. Uh, it was more, not like drop tier, but like more misty and sniffly, but like several times throughout the movie. Uh, and one specifically, or I guess two specifically, first one when his friend says, I'm HIV positive, I think it like hits you like a ton of bricks kind of thing where it's like... Mm-hmm. He's so involved in his own stuff and writing his play and all this. And then it's like this wake up call of like, I'm going through something and you haven't even noticed sort of thing. And it's just a, an emotional scene. But then also the final song, I'm just going through the, the lyrics and I don't know what specifically it was about it. Um, but music in general, kind of like uh, Prince of Egypt it can just get you going. Um, mm-hmm. And the last song is like a banger uh, called Louder Than Words. And the chorus or refrain of it um, being, I guess, the louder than words part. So it goes, cages or wings, which do you prefer? Ask the birds. Fear or love, baby, don't say the answer actions speak louder than words kind of sums up the movie in those two little parts but like yeah there's something about that it's it's a perfect ending to the movie there's like i don't know if there's flashbacks happening but you're definitely seeing people in the audience and the things he's saying are have to do with their little the story with him and that character and really uh a great ending great finale because that's essentially what it is, is this finale to the show that he's doing. And yeah, I just remember being uh, a little misty. uh, For sure. And then the other 2021 movie that has Andrew Garfield in it, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which he's not the main character um he isn't tammy faye that would be (laughs) show favorite jessica chastain um and again this is the finale of the movie uh it's like after oh it's not present day because i'm pretty sure tammy faye is dead um but uh it's like modern modern day it's decades after the majority of the movie. And it's kind of like, uh, where is she now? Now? In right. Um, and she's singing. I don't even know what it's for, if it's just at a church or whatever, but she sings, um, glory, glory, hallelujah. Like, is that the battle hymn of the old Republic? I think is the, the yeah. title, but most people would know the, Glory, glory, hallelujah. And for one, that song is just awesome. But something about uh, her performance and the way that it's shown in the movie, because it's one of those moments where it's like, I think she's even just singing it a cappella at this church, but then it's just the music swelling and it becomes like this big production behind her and a, a, a 
choir backing her up, which wouldn't have actually been there, but it's almost like in her head, this is what it sounds like. And it, I think even an American flag drops behind her. It's like getting really over the top, but like it, uh, again, the power of music, <laughs> it's, it, uh, it just brings it all together. And it's this triumphant song. It's also this kind of tragic character. She seems a little crazy, but also just the the message of the song itself. She's not given up and she's still positive and all this stuff. And it's like, what a what a way to go out on that song uh, at the end of the movie. It's uh, it is powerful stuff. <clears throat> so welled up a bit there and uh yeah it was, it was a tearjerker <laughs> movie that yeah. made me cry as the title says there you go so next week we are diving back into the mutant world of the x-men with the Wolverine and Logan. Yeah. With show favorite Steve. Yeah. Finishing off the Wolverine trilogy, which is just a weird thing that exists. I don't know if it was really planned. Uh, it just kind of happened. <laughs> I guess because of Logan, it's like, kind of ties in no I don't even think it does each one is very standalone each one of these movies but we'll get into that mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so yeah um, next week that will be coming at you hopefully on time I think we're going to get back into regular yeah regular programming. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was going to say the next time, if we're ever late, usually we, re- we release on a Tuesday. I'm going to put this out there because it's been said. We've done contests before, and we never make good on them. So I'm going to oh. do another one and not intend to keep it. Much like uh, Cogsworth's famous line in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, if ever we're not released on a Tuesday and you email line of sight pod at gmail.com i promise i'll give you a prize (laughs) i'm still gonna do that prize i uh i know who it is i i just need uh to to, how about we just get brenda to order some mugs and i'll give her money (laughs) (laughs) she already yeah she already has the template ready to go yeah, I've got my line of sight mouse pad right here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, I've I printed off a T-shirt for uh, my other brother-in-law, Aaron, for Christmas last year. <laughs> that, was, that was the big gift. But yeah, it's Ruben and is it Andrew? Uh, Chris. Chris. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what that was for something to do with emailing us well yeah it was uh it might have been the avengers or something it had to do with like it was like a three four hour episode 
So then it was the joke of like, if anyone is listening, yeah, email us, you get a prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I can mention it now that we're at the end of the episode, although this is going to be a shorter episode than usual. And especially compared to our first crying episode is three hours. This is going to be half of that. So um, a lot easier to listen to this, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to make lofty promises of what what the prize would be, but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I think there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. It, and it's just nice to hear that somebody is listening. <laughs> it's another yeah, thing. Yeah, the numbers uh, <laughs> say that people are listening, but it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. My brother at uh, Halloween at uh, Thanksgiving was mentioning the Robin Hood episode. And it was just like, oh, someone's listening to these things. <laughs> it was, it's like, I don't expect people to, but of anyone, it's like, yeah, I see him being one of the few people that would actually enjoy what we have to say, especially talking about Robin Hood men in tights. And then that's what we were discussing. Cause he's like, I know we watched it a lot and all the things you're saying about it are things we would quote, but watch it again. And it is not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying it's not that funny. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree. <laughs> like, I think it's the best, uh, what's his face is movies, but still. Yeah. Heavy nostalgia, I guess. I don't know. So anyways, yeah. Wolverine, let's do it up. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week for that. Yeah.